0: Welcome to The Battle, part of the Super Awesome Mix Podcast Network. I'm Matt home and this season, Jen Tully and I will try to determine the winner of the Battle of 80s Movie Soundtrack Song. We've got 16 songs competing. Every episode, we will have one battle, and in episode 15, we will crown a champion. We're going to use three categories to determine our winner every week. First is songwriting how does this sound? What do we think of the lyrics? Category two, critical reception to the song chart. Did it win any awards? Is it generally considered good or bad? Finally, category three, cultural significance. Do people know this song? Do people know the movie? Do they associate the two together? This week, it is the finals of the Anthem Division with I've Had the Time of My Life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens from Dirty Dancing. Taking on Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds from The Breakfast Club. Jen, from a songwriting perspective, two heavyweights here. What say you?
1: Well, this is, this is a tough one. So since we're revisiting these songs, I wanted to really kind of dig into these categories a little bit more and think about them from a different perspective. So what I, what, what I went to as we're heading into quarterfinals here is when I was thinking about songwriting, I wanted to know what makes song, what makes a song good from a songwriting perspective, right? So just doing a basic Google inquiry, this is what I got one of the most important things to consider when writing a song is the quality of the lyrics could not agree more. Right. I'm a big lyrics gal. A great song needs great lyrics. If the lyrics aren't compelling, that it's, uh, then it's unlikely anyone will remember them after listening to the song once. I was like, wow, that's pretty harsh, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if we're using that as our criteria, um, I think that, you know, time of my life, we talked about these lyrics a lot in our original battle. I mean, They're pretty cheesy and at times completely nonsensical, right? (laughs) Like, we saw the writing on the wall as we felt this magical fantasy. I'm all, what? First off, again, our disguise secretly has been with me since our first episode. Yeah. We talked about that. But this one's like pretty ridiculous too. And it sounds like it's from a Disney movie, right? It doesn't sound like it's from... Dirty dancing, and I've
0: always thought they were trying to rhyme "wall" with "magical," like, like that stands out. Like that's what it sounds like when you're listening Mm -hmm. to that song, which is kind of a bad rhyme, right? Like "wall" and "magic hall," because you don't say "magical,"
1: (laughs) right. Well, I mean we could start, but
0: yeah. We could start it, (laughs) but it just wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean when we went through this in the first round, I've had the time of my life. I I talked about it hitting the chorus like a few too many times. It kind of goes it kind of goes on (laughs) a little bit, just kind of repeating the chorus. Whereas like, don't you forget about me, it's really kind of a complex song lyrically. Yes. It's really hard to sing. Like if you're doing karaoke to this song, like while everyone will join in because they know the song and we'll get to that later. But from a songwriting, like just trying to sing along to this, just the the lyrics and the rhythm of it are a little irregular. And I think that makes it pretty unique. And and I think that is actually a good sign of, of, a, of a good good job songwriting.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think Don't You is just, um, I I think that it's the lyrics are deeper. They're smarter, right? The song is saying something more to me. Like, there's a great uh, line that says, slow chains may pull us apart when our life gets into your heart. And that really captures that sort of will they or won't they be friends on Monday morning, you know, vibe that you get from The Breakfast Club, which is kind of the whole takeaway, you know, like I think that this song is just more of a thinker. Um, and you have the great lyric too of like, you know, love's strange, so real in the dark. Like, it's just, I, I think that I, I ponder these lyrics a lot more and like nothing really comes close to that in time of my life. Um, I, I think that, you know, both movies deal with some tough stuff and this song seems to rise to that occasion more than time of my life does. That's, um, that's
0: really well said. And I think it's like, you're right, because Dirty Dancing is not like a, a light movie, right? <laughs> we can yeah. get into the movie part of it another time, maybe, <laughs> because because there are some really like big issues they take on. But yeah, this is a pretty like this is a light and fluffy pop song, and and I really like it, right? But I you're right, it. this song by Simple Minds really matches the complex uh, subject matter in The Breakfast Club, like even the lyric, like "Will you recognize me." call my name or walk on by right like that's god that is a high school theme right there right like you get to know somebody and then they just sort of blow you off in the hallway or whatever and and that's hard to express um so yeah i i I think i know where you're going with this one but i think from a songwriting perspective we got to give this one to uh don't you forget about me
1: yep this this goes to don't you for me yep
0: All right, so let's get into Critical Reception. Uh, Don't You Forget About Me, hit number one, stayed there for three weeks, uh, but no awards. I've had the time in my life, won the Oscar for Best Original Song, Golden Globe, Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo, hit number one on the Billboard 100 for one week, and was on top of the Adult Contemporary Chart for four weeks. It was a top 10 in the UK, both in 1987 and then again in 1991 when the movie was released on TV and have you have you and just as you have cited before afi ranked it number 86 in its top 100 songs from america cinema i mean this is kind of a knockout right i've had the time my life was i mean tons of praise lavished on that one
1: it is it's it's definitely the hand down, hands down winner from a from a an award standpoint, but I, I kind of approached this category too a little bit differently this time around, since we're heading into quarterfinals and, you know, the first time we talked a lot about awards and charts. And so I kind of dug into what music critics had to say, right? Like what did music critics think of this when it came out? What do they think of it now? Um, and I found a cool, um, the see music critic, his name is Robert Dye, an American songwriter said time of my life is what every songwriter aspires to achieve an evergreen song." A universal hit filled with dramatic moments and inspired performances that all people, regardless of language, can understand. Evergreen songs become guilty pleasures even among the most jaded and cynical music purists because you can't deny their greatness. So I was like, "Well, that's a that's a good thing to say about that song from a, a critical standpoint um, because it is true. Like, even though, and it might be better if you couldn't understand the language, right? Because
0: <laughs> you you wouldn't
1: be caught up in some of the silliness or like the weird rhymes, right? <laughs>
0: that may be why it works, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I think that like they put, I also was reading this too, like they put the single out and then the movie release was delayed and the song just kind of died on the vine. And then a month later when the movie did come out, it like, then it became a super duper hit. And so I think, you know, critically the movie hit. So the song kind of followed, um, which is, I think, you know, a big difference there for time of my life. Um, so, I, I, you know, I do agree with you that I think time of my life certainly has more accolades. Um, and, you know, don't you forget about me. If, even if we do revisit charts, like you mentioned, it, it just it hit number one, but only for a week. Um, it did have Keith Forsey on board. He co-wrote the song and he had prior hits with like Hot Stuff by Donna Summer and Flashdance, What a Feeling by Irene Cara. The Heat is On from Beverly Hills Cop by Glenn Fry. Um, I love this song and what it represents for you know our generation, but I think in this category, "Time of My Life" is kind of the hands down winner from a critical reception standpoint.
0: I would agree. I would agree. So now it comes down to cultural significance, and I honestly like this was really hard for me when I looked at these two songs. I mean, I think I've seen each of these movies, at least a hundred times, um, they both still get regular rotation on TV, right? Like if you go yeah. to your TNTs or TBS or any of those stations, like these movies still, still run and, and people still watch them. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on cultural significance?
1: So cultural significance, I feel like for time of my life, like the like you mentioned, you know, the movie is so beloved that I feel like the song is too, right? Despite its like lyrical flaws and cheesiness, people just love this movie. I love this movie. My daughter loves this movie. You know, like I think it's it's just kind of a, a universally loved film, Dirty Dancing. And then again, I was kind of I was trying to kind of dig a little bit deeper and get into some more like weird, strange cultural significance for this round. Um, and I read a, a 2006 interview in the guardian with Eleanor Bergstein, the woman that wrote dirty dancing. And she was talking about the movies popularity with people in the former Eastern Bloc. And now again, I haven't like fact checked this, but it ran and just the go guardian, with it. Just go what,
0: with it. Yeah, it, no, it's so check this out. <laughs> Listen to what she said.
1: She said in Russia, It's policy in the battered women's shelters. When a woman comes in for help, first they wash and dress her wounds. Then they give her soup. Then they sit her down and show her dirty dancing. When the Berlin wall came down, there were all these pictures of kids wearing dirty dancing t-shirts and they were saying, we want to have what they have in the West. We want dirty dancing. So from a cultural standpoint, apparently This movie, too, really, um, for people that are not in the U.S., really signified like, oh, this is the good life of, you know, of of Americans. Um, And so I thought that was interesting from a cultural significance standpoint, right? It really is more than just this little tale of a resort in the Borscht Belt.
0: Well, and and while the, the title is Dirty Dancing... Right, they they really do take on some issues in this about you know wealth disparity. Um, that th- there's sort of a B story with with a botched abortion in there, right? Which yeah. which took I don't know. I think it was probably the 49th time I saw the movie before I realized what was going on.
1: <laughs> all, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Wait whoa. a
0: minute! <laughs> Hold on. That could-
1: Deep. This, is, I got deep. this is
0: way deeper than I imagined. But I think some of those issues still resonate now, you know, and, and yeah. you know, and
1: even more, <laughs> even
0: more so, right. And, and your daughter is in high school. So I don't know, like, th- th- I feel like nowadays, there's a greater emphasis on acceptance of differences, whereas Breakfast Club was kind of landmark in sort of highlighting, hey, we probably are more alike than you think you know? And I think when you were actually in high school at that time, nobody really talked about that. <laughs> just kind of sailed by. But this movie kind of stood out as sort of showing how how alike maybe people are. Whereas I think nowadays, it differences, and, and again, my kids aren't in high school yet, but I don't know. I feel like differences now are more accepted and celebrated than they were back then.
1: They are. And I think, um, you know, I I think when you talk about The Breakfast Club, it's a movie that I've seen, uh, again, a million times. I still love it. My daughter has seen it. We've watched it together. She experiences it really differently than I do. Um, And the film in some ways doesn't age as well as I wish it had, primarily because of Judd Nelson's John Bender character, who you know, it is implied, not very subtly, that he sexually assaults Claire, Molly Ringwald's character while they're in detention, you know, where you're like (laughs) ugh. Again, consent, not a big message for girls in the 80s. Now, thank the Lord, it is. Um, So my daughter was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, (laughs) But again, I think we have to consider time and place when this came out. And and I think another thing like culturally that I will say about this is that um, – both songs do such a great job at creating a perfect ending to their respective, their respective films, right? Like both of these songs close the movies that they're in and they do it beautifully. Like I think that neither one of these movies would be the same film without these songs closing them out. Um, And so I think that that is pretty amazing. And then um, again just encircling it all the way back around because cultural significance I think you know the young the kids do define pop culture right They're in charge and driving so I think we do have to talk about that and I, I think you know we've seen a, a revi- we've a revisiting of time of my life and dirty dancing in movies like Crazy Stupid love you know like, ryan gosling uses the lift as his like power pickup move um and i you get some of that with don't you forget about me um you know in emma stone it pops up again she she must love like both of these songs uh, because she's in both (laughs) movies that is associated but like at the end of easy a you know there's the song comes back around um there's also just to to bring it back to cultural significance for a good laugh and I love you Molly Ringwald I think she's one of my my favorite 80s icons for sure being a fellow redhead she kind of made it okay for us so mad props but she has a ridiculous <laughs> cover of this song on an album she did of like jazz standards called Except Sometimes that she was released in 2013 and so if that one is really like uh, to be honest i couldn't even get through the whole cover <laughs> it's real bad <laughs>
0: mm, okay all right well um, we won't we uh, won't count that against the song uh maybe yeah just a, just a slight misstep that's all
1: this slight misstep but i think like good people glom onto to good material and i'm not saying this isn't a good song of course it is everybody knows i love this song but i think that this that this has to go to time of my life.
0: Okay, so you're advancing time of my life. Um I think so. I I was leaning towards that and I think the movie probably has more cultural significance now than Breakfast Club does. And again, just just sort of I don't know, just just everything about it again outside of the songwriting, I think pulls me in that direction. So We've got our first semifinalist. It's I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. Okay, they're going to win the Anthem Division. We will be back next week with our second quarterfinal. This time, it is the name of the movie division. Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Can it hold off? Can it hold an umbrella and hold off the Purple Rain by Prince? Join us next week to find out.